this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's going on? Josh Wiggler here with a special episode of Post Show Recaps slash Post Show Roy Caps as we are going to be touching a little bit still on Succession Season 3. Though that is, uh, I would say, the dessert portion of this podcast. The main course is something entirely different. Another Sunday show. You're missing Succession? Your Sundays are starting to feel a little empty? Well, how about we transport you back in time to 1883, the Yellowstone prequel happening on Paramount+. And I have to tell y'all that I have had Yellowstone living rent-free in my head ever since my conversation a few weeks back with my guest today. You know him from the Succession Feedback Show. Uh, He's comicbook.com's very own Charlie Ridgely. Charlie, welcome back to Post Show. Great to have you. Thank you very much. It's it's always good to be here. It's just a Josh. blast. Uh, but I have to tell you that I have I've been having sleepless nights <laughs> since our conversation around what well, was episode five, right? We were talking proxy battle once yeah, upon a time. Yeah, it was uh, the retired janitors of Idaho. Retired janitors of Idaho on the Succession podcast, and Charlie showed up, had a great conversation, and lit me up with a take uh, that there is a show that if you like Succession, would you like Succession with Cowboys? And that show <laughs> is uh, Kevin Costner starring vehicle Yellowstone 
on it's not on paramount plus no it's on uh, the paramount network right oh it's so confusing. and because of weird deals it's streaming not on paramount plus but right on peacock on peacock yeah because of nothing makes which sense i think is world. poppycock charlie <laughs> that's my vibe that's my feeling on i tried to say that. i was about to say paracock and but it, that paracock. didn't that, that didn't go the way i thought that, it would sounds <laughs> In very head. odd uh that sounds like something that roman roy would call somebody mm-hmm. uh so uh, you you had said yellowstone succession in in with cowboys was sort of the, the I, I do want to caveat that yes, i don't think it's as good I'm not you saying that the this. quality necessarily carries over from Succession to Yellowstone, yeah. but the entertainment value to me does, and the story is structured almost identically. So we're living in this world of a post-Succession season three. No spoilers yet. Uh, we will get into into copious detail about the, the the back half of Succession season three and the finale specifically and what that says about season four with Charlie so that you can get your takes on the record. Charlie, always love talking with you about Succession and talking with anybody about Succession, really. So we will have a, a longer Succession conversation later on in the podcast. But what happened was I was looking at the schedule and came to realize, oh, well, Yellowstone 1883, this this prequel to Yellowstone, this enigmatic show that so many people apparently really, really love, but I've not seen an iota of, uh, that this prequel is coming out the Sunday after the succession finale. So the timing's pretty good to just check out a new show, give another show a try. Uh, if, if Yellowstone itself is a succession with cowboys then what is 1883 when it is actual cowboys involved in the universe of uh of yellowstone so i wanted to check that out and i pitched you on it would you would you want to talk about 1883 uh because you had already seen it i think by the time that we had uh we had spoken yeah yeah i I watched it i did some some little junket stuff before the before the premiere um did you interview sam elliott I was in a round table with Sam Elliott. I How was that? I, he, incredible. I mean, yeah. every bit the the man that you want Sam Elliott to be, like just the way that he converses in real life, you know, he'll, he'll just go down a rabbit trail and start talking to them and be like, oh, I'm sorry for getting, you know, going down this road and getting oh all confused God. here. And he'll just, he's exactly the guy that you think. And in my office, I have a Virgil Earp uh, Funko Pop sitting by my desk. So I had to show him I have Tiny Sam. Yeah, with me and he got a chuckle out of that which was really did you call really him funny. tiny sam I, I i called the funko pop little Lil, uh, sam yeah to sam elliott's face so i don't know if that's uh, what that makes me but yeah it was great to talk to him uh i thought he was in a round table uh tim mcgraw was in a round table he was very cool yeah um i'll talk a little bit about something he said when we get to a part of the show cool. um faith hilly knows about may did one and then i got a one-on-one i, I spent probably 20 minutes talking to Lamonica garrett who yeah I've always been a big, big fan of LaMonica Garrett. He was great on Sons of Anarchy, which the show is created by Taylor Sheridan, who starred in the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Uh, um, as, uh, gosh, uh, Deputy, Deputy Hale. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then he went into writing and has now become one of the most well-known writers in the industry. An incredibly uh, prolific writer, Taylor Sheridan, who uh, is, you know, he he appeared on on multiple seasons of Sons of Anarchy. I was I was really shocked when he left. I was like, what? And it was his decision to leave, yeah. is my understanding. I was like, what a, what a choice. This is a very popular show. I, I wish him well. And then he would go on to be the writer behind Sicario, Hell or High Water. He creates Yellowstone. 
Uh, and yeah, to your point, not just, uh, you know, incredibly successful, incredibly prolific, uh, responsible for probably a lot of stories that you, the royal you out there, uh, have enjoyed and did not know it was from the from the same mind uh, as uh, as the guy who who played this you know kind of bit part on Sons of Anarchy, right? Um, and is uh, uh, responsible for a lot of really fun stories. Uh, so I that was that was intriguing to me, and I you know uh, loved the movies that he's that he's written. Um, but have not exposed myself to to Yellowstone until now. And so just to set this up, we're going to get in. We're going to talk about the first two episodes of Yellowstone 1883. Uh, we will talk about what happens in them. We'll talk about characters. I don't think we'll do beat by beat episode recap or anything. Mm -hmm. But if you were on the fence about whether or not you ever wanted to watch Yellowstone 1883, we are going to get into uh, discussing, uh, you know, what happens in these first two episodes. No uh yellowstone spoilers because i guess my earliest take charlie is well now i'm interested now i now i'd like to check that out because i've still seen none of yellowstone proper i have seen the first two episodes of 1883 it's is pretty fun uh so th that's kind of good it's it, what's a neat what's a neat thing is that this yellow 1883 really does not have anything to do with yellowstone at all you know it, like if you like you for example you came in completely cold I know nothing and about Yellowstone. I know the, Kevin Costner and Sawyer shows up at to, one Just point. to kind of set it up. Yeah, Sawyer, uh, Sawyer does show up. And I almost said a thing about Sawyer and didn't. And I'm glad I caught myself. Um, but there is a... Uh, the only connection here, the only connective tissue... You know, Yellowstone is about a, a man who has this ranch in Montana, has this kind of big empire of land, and has all of his children who all suck in their own unique ways, much yeah. like the Roys. And... Um, they all have their attitude problems and and it's a whole mess of a family and um they all you know who's going to take the ranch over if something happens to me all this nonsense uh the only connection is that tim mcgraw uh plays the grandfather or i guess great grandfather yeah no yeah great grandfather Wikipedia, or grandfather Wikipedia, Wikipedia whichever one. tells me he is john dutton's great grandfather and i assume he, he is, john is dutton is kevin costner, kevin costner and okay. james dutton is Tim McGraw. Yeah. And there's this a family in Texas, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, real life married couple play a married couple on this show. And um, they take their family from Texas after the, you know, the civil war on the wagon trail out West to find a new home, you know, yeah. to, to settle. And eventually they, they we, we know that they settle in Montana and they found the Yellowstone ranch and that gets passed through their family and becomes Kevin Costner's in, hundred years. So we so, have enough. We have enough of an endpoint to know that um, the main characters of Yellowstone. I almost said Succession. Uh, <laughs> the main characters of Yellowstone are going to stem from at least some of the main characters on eighteen eighty three. And because we see, you know, they have a young son named John, who's you know a, a, a little boy in yeah. this. That is obviously Kevin Costner's grandfather. And if you watch Yellowstone, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you watch Yellowstone, the a couple episodes this season have had like have had cold open scenes from the eighteen eighty three cast. Like that, uh, I forget which episode it was in Yellowstone. The season opened with Tim McGraw and his two sons in like the eighteen nineties meeting with a group of Native Americans that were on his land and you know discussing cows or something anyway yeah. like and there was a scene this past week for the because they aired the first episode of 1883 on the paramount network after um after yellowstone uh and there was one or two scenes with faith hill and, and the kids in that so 
they have connected them on the Yellowstone front. But if you watch 1883, you can completely like ignore Yellowstone as much yeah. as you want. You need no knowledge. Of, I know which nothing. Is really great. You know, because to be really honest, I mean, and, and I'm one person. My opinion isn't the only one that matters, obviously. But 1883 is a much, much better show to me than, than, Yellowstone. than Yellowstone proper. Yeah. They they put so many. Not the Yellowstone. They didn't put how money many into, shootouts but, do you get on a standard episode of Yellowstone? Weirdly, more than you'd think. Oh, really? Um, okay. <laughs> there are there is there are shootouts that have happened in Yellowstone over. I remember land you told me about 2021. The, the cow police. There uh, are cow police. There's a whole uh, which, which is, is a, a lot thing, of cow police shootouts. Um. Yes. Yeah. And weirdly, a lot of people die. There are bombs in office buildings that go off. There are shootings in public places. Not so it's, a, like, it's a violent show. Sometimes, not all yeah. the time, but they, it there are you know climaxes every season, and it gets out of hand. And because you know people want their land, they blow up their offices. It gets right. It's really that's Yellowstone is entertaining to me at times because it's so extra. Yes, it's really overly dramatic. What I love about 1883 is it has that drama, but like. When Tim McGraw shoots someone in the street for trying to pick his pocket, it's not over dramatic because that's just what would have happened. Right. That's how you settled things in 1883. Like it was the Wild West. Yeah. They make it clear at one point in this episode, Tim McGraw comes into town, which is just a wild sentence. <laughs> uh, he comes into town strapped. He's got his shotgun, he's got his revolver. Uh, and one of the people he's checking in with at the earliest point in the episode is like, yeah, it's good that you have a gun. I hope you know how to use it. You're not going to survive long in this place if you don't have it. Uh, so there is this big Wild West vibe to 1883. And it, and it is uh, based on these first two episodes at the very least. Clearly, it's something of a, of a, of a, of a journeyman type of a show, right? It's mm -hmm. a bit of a road show. Yeah, you know, the and, central and premise actually... is effectively that you know, the, the Dutton family, like you said, wants to go and they want to settle and, and find land. And they end up kind of glomming on to this other group. There's a bunch of German immigrants who are looking to find land. And they've hired uh, some, uh, uh, some Pinkertons, right? Pinkerton mm -hmm. agents. Yep. Ian Thomas, who's played by LaMonica Garrett, who you mentioned before. And the Sam Elliott character, Shay Brennan. Who Such is, a Western name. Who is, uh, it's an incredible name, and he is just a surly of son the, of a gun. And this is some of the best Sam Elliott I feel like I've seen in years. He's got a lot of twos. It's so good. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm a big Sam Elliott fan to begin with, so. But, you know, like, he Sam Elliott often does sort of, you know, the, the, the big sort of stoic southern drawl, you know, the kind of the glint in the eye behind the thick mustache, and it's just this, you know, this paragon of stoicism is sort of how I think of Sam Elliott. And the Sam Elliott that you get in this show, he's the co-lead alongside Tim McGraw when the when the title card comes mm -hmm. up and they're showing you everybody who's on the show they both you know they get the the, the Paul Giamatti Damian Lewis billions treatment right. uh, so not one over the other even though one is a Dutton and yeah, one this is, is not, not like succession where it just happens to be alphabetical order and there no they're no, letting you know what their priorities are yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's co-lead of the show and I think that he's playing a character who's got some sass and pizzazz and is clearly tortured has been mm -hmm. through a lot when we meet him at the start of the show his wife has just died his child has died as well right i think that they probably both... i think i think it was a grandchild but either whoever like small the child in their care yeah they died of smallpox and he burnt the whole house he down just sets left. them on sets the house on fire with them in mm -hmm. it and he's about to take his own life but he's been hired to to do this job so his his philosophy coming into the show is effectively 
I'm going to do this job because doing this job means I'm going to I'm going to help, uh, you know, get these people relocated to uh, a part of the world that they want to settle in at. And then I will get to see unsettled territory for the, you know, the first time in a long time. And then I'm good. Then I need mm -hmm. nothing else. Then I am ready to die. That's the character energy yeah. behind one of the two like the, main characters. The second in the show. scene in the in the, the show, you know, he is sitting on that hillside. It's my favorite scene of the first two episodes where he's sitting on this hillside, and he takes a gun and cocks it and like kind of puts it under his chin, yeah. and he's just sitting there thinking about it. And then Thomas, who Shay and Thomas have a really tight bond. They 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 clearly have war history together. Um, you know, you can tell. That obviously, you know, being being a black man, Thomas served on with the Union Army, and you can yep. assume that Shay did as well. Um, they, Not you know, Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw no. was, uh, as I like to say, on the side of the anaconda snakes. Yeah, uh, but he, he and there's some there's some hints in there, but he he said specifically in the interviews, like, and you'll learn more about him as you go along. Like he did not, James really didn't believe in what he was fighting sure. for. Which I, you know, I don't know if you just have to say that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you get yeah, the sense because you do see there is mm -hmm. a flashback that opens up episode with two. one of the coolest characters ever that we'll talk about. Yeah, um, yes, yes. But he's sitting there, you know, uh, Shay with his gun to his to his head, you know, and Lamonica's character Thomas says, "Are you coming?" And like he's he does not like freak out. He's just like, "Hey, like, are you are you doing this?" And he's like, "I'm thinking about it." And like that moment, like this just the delivery of that line from Sam Elliott, the look on his face, and the bond that those two guys have like the kid, their chemistry on screen is really, really profound. Uh, and from that moment, I was like, yep, no, I'm in like, this is the two of them doing this for two hours. If that's what we can have, then I'm, this will be my new favorite show. If I can just the, watch them. Talk. The show is cool. I kind of pitched it to you as a joke and it turns out I really liked it. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> and, and we'll probably uh, be continuing to watch it on a weekly basis. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, one of the things that I really like about the series, you know, obviously it scratches a little bit of a Deadwood itch for me. Uh, you know, it's been a minute since we had a really good, strong sort of classic Western right. on, on TV. I'm a huge justified fan. We podcasted about that on post show recaps once upon a long while. I was thinking about justified last night. I was, I've been, I get watch new girl before I go to bed. I've already seen the whole series, but yeah. I love new girl. And I just watched the, uh, the episode where Nick's dad dies and he goes back home and Margot Martindale plays his mom. Yeah, and all actress. I could think about was like, I want to go back and watch justified. Season Hang out with the Bennett specifically yeah. for yeah. the Bennett are Margot Martindale. <laughs> Yeah, she was so good. It's, you know, it's that's one of my favorite shows. And there just has not been something that's really kind of matched that energy for me in a minute. And it's two episodes deep into 1883. And itself, its existence is something of a cynical exercise, right? That, well, Yellowstone's really popular. Let's franchise this thing out. Let's make yeah. a prequel show. Because they're working on a second spinoff right now, too. Yeah, called uh, uh, 6,666. Yeah, Should I pronounce four, it all the way the out? Four sixes is, is the okay, uh, is the, the term. It's a, which is a real ranch that Taylor Sheridan actually recently bought, um, okay. and now is turning his production hub is now this operational ranch. So is the show that, just going to be sort of like Cribs, Charlie? No, there's a there's a the uh, scenes on if you on watch Taylor Sheridan's uh, entire a, empire. One of the characters has now been sent down to this historic ranch in Texas, the Four yeah. Sixes, and so they have they are starting to set those to you know plant those seeds on the main show, but they are, I mean, Paramount has, I mean, I mean, Sheridan has an exclusive deal. They have poured more money than you and I could ever think or imagine yeah. into like, they're putting Marvel money into Taylor Sheridan at Paramount, which it's paying off so far. I mean, you know, on Paramount network, Yellowstone is the, the biggest show on television. 
1883 like had a huge... Uh, and that's, we don't even know the streaming numbers either. Yeah. So it was the biggest premiere on Paramount Plus, which kind of raises some questions because it's like, are you counting the CBS All Access stuff? <laughs> right, right. Before it was branded Paramount Plus because like, it was it bigger than Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. It was clearly bigger than Picard, which in itself is seems like a big deal. Almost um, um, almost 5 million viewers from its Paramount Network airing. Yeah, it, had after, that, it was only one episode right after Yellowstone and it was enough to do i mean some of the bigger numbers on tv i mean this yeah. is the regular show is putting up 2018 walking dead numbers which i mean was a couple of years after negan so it had dipped a bit but like right. it was still really hot at the time so uh it's it's a big thing and you know i said we don't know the streaming numbers we know it was the biggest premiere paramount plus has ever had uh so it's clearly paying off but they are like you know just investing there, there was a whole article i believe it was in deadline talking about making the show and how they told Taylor earlier this year, like at the beginning of the year, oh, you have this idea for this Western thing. That's cool. We want to do it. And he's like, it's going to take a while. I got to finish Yellowstone. And they're like, no, you don't understand. We want it on the air by the end of the year. Good Lord. We yeah. want this show to basically like launch Paramount Plus, even though it didn't make it in time, obviously. But they're like, we want this to be the flagship. And he was like, I'm going to need all the money in the world. Then they're like, yeah, no, so that's fine. It's like, you can tell watching the show, there is serious money. And that's part of the thing with Westerns is that it's harder now almost to make them because of their cost, because there aren't just Western sets or, you know, that Hollywood could just use for a bunch right. of different things over and over again. Like if you want to do it well, you have to put money into it. Um, with the exception of old Henry, if, if you haven't watched old Henry, a, a film from this year that was, uh, that was, I think it was filmed in Nashville, which is great. Um, but for the most part, if you really want to put in Westerns, you got to put in the money. And yeah. that part of why we haven't had another Deadwood is because it feels like no one's putting that money up. Of course, I have uh, people screaming Westworld at me right now. And, you know, it's a totally different vibe. And they've mm. gotten away from the Western stuff a, a decent amount as that show has progressed. But that's another good example, though, of, well, we we basically have to build that world. Right. Um, and so you really, really do. There's definitely, you know, places that you can go and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, small towns in, in California or whatever that you could prop up. And, to... and, and what's hard about talking about small towns, they, they don't have that really. The, the premiere episode of 1883 does, but the whole yeah. thing is taking place on the on the road. And they filmed it in Texas, and then they went to Montana and Oregon and Washington and Nebraska. Like, they they filmed it along the trail, basically. And, I mean, that just moving that much stuff and that many people – is not cheap. takes money there's yeah. got to be actual money that's put into it and i definitely you know i settled down this morning to watch and i was like all right let's see what you got for me 1883 and i was ready for it to be kind of hokey and handy. i was about to ask what you were expecting that was my expectation was that i was gonna be hokey and hammy and that i'd come on here and we would just have a really fun time but instead of like, oh wow this is this is expensive looking uh the content was much more mature than i expected mm -hmm. f-bombs aplenty uh there's <laughs> there's nudity it's very violent at times um and also the the subject matter was was really intense i mean the very first scene of the whole show is this very intense uh it's clearly some kind of flash forward into mm -hmm. a point in time that we have not yet accessed as uh elsa who is the who is uh played by isabel may who is the daughter of tim mcgraw and faith hill's characters which is still a hilarious thing for me uh, and she's and she's very much the voice of the i mean she narrates the she's show she's the narrator she really of the show of the and you know she's talking about how uh this is hell this is hell on earth uh, and she ends up getting into this horrifying uh, firefight 
with these Native Americans who've uh, uh, attacked her caravan. It's it's unclear of what's happening. It seems like it's it's some kind of revenge thing. The way right. that they that they speak about it, you know, about what her people. I mean, partly is what white people in general did, but yeah, it it does seem like some kind of retaliation, yeah, more than just some kind of ambush. Like there's so much there that we don't know. I thought yeah. we'd get that at the end of these two episodes. No, there's a mystery. We, nothing. What is going to happen so that uh, so that Elsa Dutton, who is she's what twenty years old, I think. They oh, no, say she's she, like seventeen. She, so she's young. She she's has young. her seventeenth or eighteenth birthday when she's out with Got her it. with her dad with the cows and stuff uh so she's you know she's a good she's a good horseback rider and she's being involved in a lot of things with her dad is really leaning on her for a lot of uh important adult you know level stuff uh and so what's going to happen that this person is going to have to grow up so fast that she's going to uh you know get shot in the abdomen with an arrow and still be able to pop people off of their horses with a gun. It's a really intense opening scene that immediately I was, uh, I was roped in the hokiest thing for me is the title sequence and how they just show all of these kind of old timey pictures of yeah. all of the actors with the names of the, of the actors. I think part of that was like, it was, they that wanted felt to look a like little... an old Western TV show where it did that. Cause like, you know, when I talked to Monica, he was really sure. into that because you know, he talked about like with those old Western shows, it was a big deal to put if you had your picture in the front of the show and only like over the course of, you know, Western series, like main Western series histories, only like one or two black men ever had that opportunity, you yeah. know, to, to be that. And so for him to see his face up there was a really emotional thing for him and, and a really important thing. And, you know, but it, it, it is hokey in a way of like, this is just how they did it in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And this is, you know. We're going back to that a little bit. The music's very similar to the Yellowstone opening credits, which are hokey in and of themselves. The score is is great. Uh, the composers for the show, Brian Tyler and Breton Vivian, uh, I thought that the score was very gripping. Um, I feel like I, was, I, I know I was Brian Tyler somewhere. I was totally gripped. Uh, I thought that the I, I thought that the whole thing was. Uh, was was really you would know he did the score for uh avengers age of ultron iron man 3 i knew it was i knew it was marvel i want i wanted to say guardians the first but that was bates yeah um yeah uh iron man 3 age of ultron alongside danny elfman a a good it it looks like it looks like brian tyler actually i guess on imdb at least he's credited as one episode as opposed to 10 from the other composer so i don't know if that means that he did the theme and, and the and other composers did riffing on that. Or yeah. if there's only been one episode, so he's, I don't know. I'm surprised know. that they don't have Tim McGraw and Faith Hill pulling double duty and just scoring the whole thing. I was a little disappointed that there was no, uh, that you didn't hear this kiss once in the two episodes. <laughs> there was a, there was a, a Tim McGraw song in Yellowstone last week. There is that scene where uh, Faith Hill plays Margaret Dutton, where she is having an emotional moment with James, where she says, James, it's the way you love me. It's a feeling <laughs> like this. It's centrifugal motion. It's perpetual bliss. Uh, that was a good scene. I liked that. I liked that part. Yeah, there was, Tim McGraw I, there and Faith Hill were very good. I thought that they're that would be good. a joke, too. And it turns out that they're very yeah. good. Tim McGraw's showing up. He's like, oh, uh, Dave Batista, hold my beer. I'll come in and do some drags to the Destroyer nonsense. It'd be a really awesome, incredible, stoic cowboy character. That's, I was really curious how he'd be because I he's been in things before. Unlike, you know, Faith Hill hasn't really acted much at all, at yeah. least, you know, in things that people have seen, you know, like mainstream movies and television. Um, whereas, you know, McGraw, like we knew the blind side, he was and he was fine. He was just yeah. the, 
the you know the husband he hung out he was really good in friday night lights even though his character was a giant piece of shit he was very good in the movie yeah the movie i'm not a fan of the show sadly i am i am very pro movie very anti-show with that uh but he was um uh rugs's dad uh and in the in the movie was played by um garrett headland and he was his like abusive alcoholic father and so i've seen him be nice and fun and i've seen him be like very terrible and mean and so i wondered this how he was kind of in this. between it he's seems in between like, very uh, much so you know this is a guy who clearly he he has a line later because there's a a, a big um a, you know a shootout breaks out while he and some of the other people on this journey are away and people end up dying his his niece is killed i believe mm-hmm. and then his his sister is going to end up taking her own life as a result of this and so he's going to go and pursue the people who came into their camp and were responsible for all of these uh shootings and 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 killings and uh you know uh, margaret his wife faith hill his real wife is going to say um you know they were they came here they were mean they were rude they were looking for a fight but i can't say that they started it and i can't say that what you're seeking is justice and he says uh i believe in you i believe in our son i believe in our daughter and that's it justice has nothing to do with it um but then he also seems to be disturbed later on when he and sam elliott team up with mother loving billy bob Thornton, <laughs> by the way oh uh, man. Who's just he, he was a show. menace in the show he was about a great mustache here he had a great goatee in the show uh so billy bob Thornton oh. is here and then they go around uh and they 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 you know identify all the people who came in and they just they shoot first ask questions oh, never yeah. and tim mcgraw comes back into camp and she's in faith hills like, so how did that go he goes well we murdered them uh, and he seems a little disturbed by it so he does seem like a very complex character he's very complex he's very complicated you know, we get that that flashback where in the civil war he wakes up at the battle of antietam which was a devastating battle and we, yeah. we you know we know that just historically and he wakes up in a field just full of dead men and you know all of it it looks like he is the only person living from this battle the people that are still there and there's just a horror on his face for a few minutes really yeah and and that's kind of the first hint that he does not believe in all these things he does not want to be fighting for what he is fighting for, you know, because when it comes to his family, he has no remorse. He does not care about hurting anyone, doing anything. He will protect his family at all costs. But for a cause he doesn't believe in, he is so conflicted about what's happened. Yeah. And then he gets a visit from a union. It was a general George Meade. He gets a a visit from who they kind of yeah, share this moment. It was with. Charlie, but you're burying the general George yeah. Lead uh, right now. Oh, that was, because... a, good, that was a good one. I'm well trained in the the horrible pun game, uh, seasoned veteran of these trenches. It's Tom Hanks. Tom Tom Hanks Hanks is in the show for a scene. I I had no, I I was watching the screener for this at in bed at night. My wife was asleep and I like my jaw dropped and I gasped and she's like, turn over like nothing. I'm just watching a TV show. It's fine. But I, like I had a, a physical reaction because the last person I expected to see is Tom, was Tom Hanks. Hanks with a big brown beard. And as it turns out, he and Tim McGraw are like best pals in real he life. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and Rita Wilson have been friends for like 25 years. Oh man. And now all I can think about out, is the four of them getting together and Tom Hanks belting out this kiss. You right. can hear that Tom Hanks scream. <laughs> 
Oh, oh apparently God. when they read this thing, Tim McGraw was just like, man, I want Tom to do this. And he called Tom Hanks and was like, will you come? To, it's, their, it's me and Faith's first like big thing together like this. Like, will you come be in this? And he's like, tell me when and where. And he, he flies to Montana with Rita Wilson. They The four of them stay in a cabin together for a few days. And they do this scene where, you know, they get to be on the it, op, you know. It's a really good scene. Yeah, it's this. It's the aftermath of this battle. It's at the very start of... Um, the second episode. Yeah, the very start of the second episode. This is, you know, James Dutton is one of the lone survivors of at least the area that he's in. He sits down just exhausted by, uh, by the toll of war. And Tom Hanks playing General Meade on the other side of the battlefield just sits down next to him, to his enemy, and puts a hand on his shoulder and is there for him as he's crying. And it's just, I know, I know, it's yeah. horrible. Uh, and it was very moving. It was, it was very I moving. Think sometimes... And actually, Charlie, I didn't know that that was Tom Hanks until after the scene. Really? Because uh, then I started Googling around. I was like, wait, Tom Hanks is in the- Holy shit, that was Tom Hanks. Uh, so oh, see, it, was, it was those eyes. As soon as I saw his eyes, I was like, oh my God, that's Tom Hanks. Like, I it thought was... that the person looked familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Because he then... has the hair and the beard and you can't, you know, they it's did... not very obvious. It is they... very hard to hide a Hanks. But when, uh... they, when they started like framing it where you can see Tom, or Tim McGraw and yeah. you see the Union General walking over and they don't show his face and it was like, they kind of built to this moment of you seeing him was like, this is, I feel this is going to be somebody. Is this going to be a person like that? I know, you know, I heard it all these rumblings. Like my dad messaged me about these rumblings. Like is Jeff Bridges going to be on, on 1883? I've heard rumors that Jeff Bridges is going to be on 1883. I don't know anything about this. I have no idea. Sure. I hope so because they got I Billy Bob Thornton. They've got Tom Hanks. Right. It does feel like this is. Um, but is this I was a, like, is this maybe Jeff Bridges is here. Is this a Yellowstone thing too? Where uh, does Yellowstone attract interesting celebrity cameos? Is this? Yeah, a so thing no, I have a lot of thoughts show? on this. Part With of no spoilers, is, please. Obviously, part of it is is Yellowstone's prowess. Part of it is, I mean, Taylor Sheridan really is like one of the most People respected work screenwriters yep. right now. Um, but when Yellowstone launched, the only thing was like this, and this was. Early, a little bit earlier, and so we already had Sicario, we already had Hell or High Water when when uh, when this premiered. But it, you know, Taylor Sheridan's name was starting to get out there. But now Yellowstone's become a big thing. Uh, I think it's much easier, and it's everyone that said you know, when they read this script, they were locked in. It, it really seems like he poured everything into these scripts, and I do think that Yellowstone season four has lacked a little bit because of it, because he does a lot of his own writing. He, I, I don't know if there are writer rooms necessarily, but he does a lot of the writing for these shows. Um, Mayor Kingstown on Paramount Plus is also his show, but it's not connected uh, to Yellowstone or 1883. Right. Um, but a lot of it was that. And if you if you ever get to a point where you're watching, oh wow! I mean, I'm just doing a, a very quick scan of Yellowstone, and uh, Taylor Sheridan's name is on all of these episodes. Yellowstone oh has uh, this weird thing where they've brought in as guest stars, like every dude who either was or should have been. An evil dad on the CW uh-huh. like Arrowverse. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like multiple CW villains on the show, and then I mean, uh, Sawyer, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, uh, who's the guy that uh, was? He was on it for the first couple. Uh, Danny Houston. Uh, oh, great! Yes, um, yes. Oh, well, the, that's the guy, a session the guy, tie-in. He's that's, the guy um, with the eyes. Uh, um, he has the, uh, Neil McDonough. Oh, amazing! Uh, Terry yeah. Terry Serpico, like. These guys are all villains on Yellowstone. Uh, the one this year or this season is um, Will Patton. Oh, amazing. Incredible. I love Will Patton. Character after um, Will Patton. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coach Yost. Um, but the uh, 
there's one character on Yellowstone. Uh, his name's Lloyd. He's played by an actor named Forey J. Smith. Okay. And if you Google Lloyd Yellowstone, tell me he doesn't look like is this all safe the for, Sam Elliott. Is this safe for me to, to Google? Yes, yeah. He's, Lloyd, he's still alive and well on the show. Lloyd um, Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just Sam Elliott, that's, right? Exactly. And so I can't help but think when they wrote this, they thought of a Sam Elliott type. Uh, for this character and then now that they have done 1883 and Yellowstone's so prolific and this this show has all the stars it's like oh we got to get the real Sam Elliott to do the real western you know and, and 4J Smith has been fantastic as Lloyd he's one of, one of my favorite parts of Yellowstone but even his cadence the way he cowboys the way he talks it's like oh like this was just Sam Elliott was the model yeah for this character and now we have and then you have the Earp connection you know you have Wyatt Earp Kevin Costner Yep. And then Virgil Earp from Tombstone and Sam Elliott, you know, the Western icons in these shows. And, you know, they're just the threads keep finding themselves tighter and tighter the more you, you watch it. Because it, it seems like they know what their audience loves and they're just really going after it. Yeah. You know, I mean, t- I mean, this Yellowstone, the reason that I feel like you haven't seen a lot of Yellowstone. I haven't seen I any. Or, or seen a lot of conversation about it, I, I guess yeah. I should say. You know, you were talking about not hearing it. the people that. I follow and talk to and stuff from kind of the entertainment writer journalist world. There's very little Yellowstone there. No one's talking about it. No, but when you go to like Middle America, you know, like Yellowstone is the new Sons of Anarchy. It's it's the new thing, and they're. I love Sons of Anarchy, even though Sons of Anarchy is my favorite show of all time. It's my favorite show ever. Sometimes Sons of Anarchy was trash. Uh, you know, it had its I'm, issues at times. I am I am someone who strongly advocates for watch the first four seasons and turn it off. Don't watch any further past. Dude, you got to watch the last one. The last no, one's you so don't. Good. No, the last one is brutal. I, it's I love it. It's, I, it's so, so mean. Vicious. It is so no mean. spoilers. No spoilers. It is so but, mean. But d- I think Maya, I Mayans don't learned all it. of the all of the mistakes from from Sons, and it's been a better show because of it. Yes. Um, yeah. Mayans I love Mayans. I think it's a, I think it's a good um, show. Um, but but, anyway, I, but like season three of Sons of Anarchy is one of my the, my favorite TV seasons in history. Oh yeah, I mean, the ending of that where, season is where really they go to Ireland great. and then yes. they, they, they yes. um hey hey my my and, and you have the whole uh oh yeah yeah uh, yeah the reveal redacted, acts, redacted yeah. stuff happens yeah, it's great stuff great it's stuff. great it's great but i'm i that's a vibe that i'm also missing a little bit as well so if you're telling me that yellowstone can scratch that itch I'm i intrigued. if you if you I, want tone and yeah. ridiculousness and the type of television and what it says about the people that watch it um I would I would compare Yellowstone much more to Sons of Anarchy than I ever would Succession. Interesting. The, it's just that the content, the story, feels very and because now like that's become the new archetype. There's that new show. It comes out on Fox this year. I forget what it's called, but it is about a country music empire starring Susan Sarandon and Trace Adkins. Oh and my it, god! It's very much like a she's the matriarch of this country music empire, and she Monarch. has kids. Yes. It looks terrible, but it's it's the same Succession Yellowstone beat, and it seems like that we're we're now latching on to that story and trying to use it because Succession and Yellowstone have been two of the biggest shows on television for the last half decade. Yeah, you know they have been huge, like new wave staples. So you know, I mean, it's crazy what Yellowstone's doing in, in just keeping traditional cable TV alive. Yeah, you know, it's doing huge things for cable television. So that's a whole rabbit hole. But there's I'm a lot of connections there that that you know. You know, the, the the quick hit review at the end of all of this is I thought 1883 was uh, really surprisingly good. I was I, mm-hmm. I was unprepared for the fact that I would enjoy it as much as I did. I definitely plan on continuing watching it. And now I'm I'm really intrigued to watch Yellowstone Prime. 
my question for you, Charlie, is do you think I should uh, try and rock 1883 season one before I even attempt to scale Yellowstone Prime? Am I do I have access to kind of a pure experience right now that I should lean I, I, into? I don't really think so. Like I said, I, it doesn't really tie together at all, other than okay. the last name of the character. Like they're fairly know, separate. We obviously know that they're going to end up in Montana and get a ranch. That's all that we know about this. This is all about the journey through the West. And really, what's intriguing about the show is even though the, you know, Tim McGraw and Sam Layout, like we said, are, are billed as the leads, it really is Elsa's show. Yeah. You know, it, it's really very much about her embracing the West as someone who has an adventurous spirit and wants to learn about the world. And then eventually, as we know from that first scene, finding herself in a dangerous situation and knowing what to do. Um, we see this is about her journey. And we don't know what happens to her at all, other than she gets shot with an arrow at one point. Yeah. And then shoots a Native American. Yeah. Um, we don't know where she ends up. We don't know if she makes it to Montana. We don't know if she's part of the family that that stays there. You know, we have no clue. So that is one thing that that's I've, kind of the cool part of the journey. And we don't know what happens to, to Shay and Thomas. Like I had I had this thought, Charlie, of well, you know, it's a prequel, so I know that you know some of these characters have to live in order for the Kevin Costner era to come to fruition. And then in watching the show, a moment that I had was yeah, but I don't know which ones. Yeah. You know, it is totally possible that Tim McGraw does not make it through this show. It is also possible that Faith Hill doesn't make it through this show. It is also possible that the Elsa character we're talking about right now doesn't make it through this show. And the five-year-old kid does not necessarily have to yeah. make it through this show. Five-year-old John, though he could, at least one of them probably has to make it through the yeah. show in order for the family to exist. But there are still a lot of X factors. And then it seems like there are characters who are totally disconnected to the characters that you get on and, Yellowstone. And that's the cool thing with, you know, we live there's in still a lot era. of intrigue and mystery. It's not like it's an open and shut right. case of, well, I know I, these I guys have Even if live. you take that out, which is what, part of what intrigues me so much about the show and its popularity, it's really cool to see how big it is already. Um, because what's if I told you, what's the, if I asked you what's the biggest thing in the world right now, you yeah. would say Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home is the biggest or, thing. Or the, the no longer novel coronavirus. Right. I mean, entertainment-wise yeah. uh -huh. is, is Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. And we have had so many lessons in spoiler culture over the last year leading up specifically to No Way Home and the Marvel machine and how spoiler has become its own thing where, you know, people 20 years ago never talked about spoiler. Like, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And now it is very much a like, do not spoil anything for me. Right. That's what I'm looking most forward to in this is the information I will receive at the end of it. The reveals, the plot moments, whatever, you know, the who's going to show up. And this is such a classic old school Western. Like we know where their journey ends, not for all the characters, but it truly, unlike, you know, not just narratively, like they are really going on a literal journey. And it's about that journey, not the destination that we already know. And I'm really excited to dive into something where, like, you could tell me right now, I'd be like, hey, Tim McGraw dies in the finale. I, I it would not affect any right. anything about the show for me. I would it would not, I mean, I might be like, why would you do that? But that yeah. would be the end of that conversation. Like, because I'm still very excited to watch how they film these landscapes, how these characters grow, how their relationship, you know, what what's gonna happen when Thomas and you know who who still wears his union jacket regular like every day that's his costume you know yeah what happens when he and and tim mcgraw talk about the war and that they fought on opposite sides of especially from the perspective of a black man who was fighting for freedom not just for freedom of others fighting for his own freedom you know 
when a yeah. Buffalo soldier comes up against someone who was a captain in the Confederacy, even though he seems like he doesn't necessarily believe in all those things and he has been nothing but kind to Thomas, that's still clashing ideologies. That's really exciting to see where it goes. You know, I just want to watch Sam Elliott be Sam Elliott on television. Like, it's really exciting to have a show that is specifically about the journey. And I, I'm just, I'm really excited for that kind of television to, to, to be back. It's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not episodic. It, it, it's episodic. It's not a serialized serialized. You know, like yeah. it, it's, it's not jumping for an episode and jumping out. It's one long story, but it really, it's not about the spoilers or the cliffhangers. It's, it's just about being in the West and watching this Western unfold. And, that's very, very cool that in the year 2021 going into 2022 that we have that on television. I mean, it's yeah. on a streaming service, but I watch it on my television um, and it feels like it has every bit of money that was thrown into Tombstone or the True Grit remake. You know, it's it's really, it's a very special thing to exist right now, the more I think about it. Yeah, it's cool. I really liked it. Uh, if you out there are listening to this, you're like, hey, I would listen to you guys talk about uh, Yellowstone 1883. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. Charlie's at Charlie Ridgely on the internet. I'm at Round Howard. You can email me as well. Josh at postshowrecaps.com. Feedback here is welcome and uh, always a contributing factor to... And, and that's part of it, too. It's like these first two episodes, it's plot-wise, there's not a lot for us to talk about other than just what we thought of the show. Because, a lot of it's like vibe stuff. You know, the vibe... And, and, that, you and know, it sets the stage because, I mean, yeah. really, at the end of the second episode, they head out on the trail. Yeah. And so all of this kind of feels like set up for... I kind of I feel bad for the people like my dad doesn't have Paramount Plus, um, and he's only watched the first episode because it's on Paramount Network. He's waiting for me to come home this week and set up Paramount Plus on his television. Yeah, um, but he only got half of the story, and to me, really, like those first two episodes make one whole premiere. Um, so going forward, you know, if people you know want to talk about this and hear about this, like we actually I think we'll have a lot of like digging into the plot and where things are going and what characters are doing because there will be more of that as the show goes along. But I mean. I was really, I was very impressed with, with how this all began. Yeah. Um, even as someone who's excited about it, I did not expect it to be as good. I as liked it. it. I liked it a lot. I was, I was definitely hooked and I'm, 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 I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to watch more. So if, if anyone wants to hear us gabbing on about it any further, we just need to hear from you. Uh, and, and we can, we can, I'm sure make something happen. Let's shift gears, Charlie. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the, that's let's, the let's shift gears. Yeah, let's shift gears. That is the uh, that was good. That was the that was the I'm 1883. <laughs> that was the 1883 Yellowstone portion of the podcast. We're gonna throw it to commercial real quick. When we come back, we will be talking about all things Succession season three, the season three finale, our expectations for season four. Many spoilers are ahead for Succession, so tune out now if that's not your thing. We will be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. We are back. We are uh, at this point a week and a half or so removed from the succession season three finale charlie how'd you like it i loved it it was it was compelling as hell uh which i mean succession almost surprising to you were you were you shocked yeah i mean i don't know i think there's a there's a surprise and shocker on two different places on a spectrum and i think i was probably in between the two i I don't think i was like gasping for air shocked but like it was surprising to me because i really i think like so many of us towards the end of that episode I, i was like they might really do this. Like, yeah. finally, you know, how do they get, I, I can't see a way, that, and part of it is I don't know how business works, but I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't see a way where Isn't they that actually beat. kind of an advantage as a succession television viewer sometimes is I, I don't understand what they're doing. So. As someone who just watched all the Matrix movies this week, yeah. <laughs> I'm fully on board with the, I don't know what's happening when I watch stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Matrix throws a lot at you sure. all at one time and you're not supposed to know what's going on. Sure. Succession is that way sometimes, but this stuff actually happens, and it just—I yeah. might have said this last time, but it reiterates just how fake the whole world of business and finance actually. It's like when you watch The Big Short, and you're like, "Oh, so money's it's not imaginary." Real. Yep, mm-hmm. like the stock market doesn't really matter. It's just what you say, you know, kind of like voting doesn't matter because we're going to pick the next Republican nominee, right. no matter right. what you say. Um, it's kind of that way of like, I know that this is all silly. And some of this is just illusory and, and it's just, you know, the we're trading in power. And I appreciate really the show like telling us that, you know, very explicitly, like this is insane. And it's also very real yeah. how it can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, the Murdochs built a whole empire doing exactly this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the succession season ended with the Roy siblings united uh, as a front against their father. Uh, that they were finally willing to team together, uh, thanks in no small part to Kendall's confession to his siblings. I think a real humanizing moment that bonds the three of them together. Uh, Maybe one of the best scenes in the show's history. Yeah, I was going to ask what were your what were your thoughts on on the on the moment where Kendall confesses to the. To I the think you might have said this killing. in the first show, but like whatever Jeremy or um, Jeremy Strong, Jeremy Strong, yeah, I'm yeah. Jeremy Scott. Whatever Jeremy Strong does, as long as he is not being terrible to other humans let him do it yeah because it works if it, if it makes him seem cold who cares yeah you know like because he is such a genius when it comes to his craft and it, like i don't know how many other actors could have pulled off 
this season of Kendall and specifically that finale, the way that he did, I was kind of excited because I, I texted a friend earlier, like during, or maybe on Twitter, I mentioned somebody and it was like uh, the, the scene where Connor finally flips out that I'm the eldest son. Oldest son. Eldest I was son. like, oh, he's so, you know, he's getting mad that everyone else is getting awards love. Like Connor Ruck wants in on this. Yeah. And then the Kendall scene happens and it's like, oh, no one can touch anything he does now. Yeah. You know, it's just too perfect. Um, I mean, it's, I think we all know it's one of the most well-acted shows on television and this just kind of highlighted exactly why. I mean, where Jeremy... were you on the, uh, uh, did you think Kendall was dead? No. Yeah. I, I could have seen it, but like, is that, I, I know the show is all about subverting expectations, which I really appreciate, you know, when we talk about fan service and, and those things like succession finds a way to completely flip the script on you and still give you exactly what you want, but didn't know you needed. Yeah. Uh, it's just that kind of brilliant writing, but it just didn't seem like a succession thing to have him go out that way. Yeah. I mean, I think dying alone and sad potentially by his own accord is exactly how Kendall could go out, but just the way it was shot and framed and, I just, it didn't feel like, hey, this is the end of Kendall. Yeah. I just never fully was on that train. Uh, what was your take on the fact that it is that confession that bonds the three of them together? I think for me, one of the things was, uh, of course, it has to be something like this that would get them on the same page. It has to be something that, you know, speaks to them as actual people and, you know, the real thing that they would maybe have each other's backs on as sort of a binding agent to get them into like the real thing that would bind them together is, you know, mutual self-interest uh, yeah. against against their dad. But were you were you taken aback at all by either the circumstances of the alliance or even the very existence of the alliance by the end of the season. I don't, I don't quite know if surprise is the right word because I, I think that at the end of the day, as much as they can hate each other, like they are siblings and they all do have a shared trauma from their dad. And it's, it's just been about them getting past that, like getting past their issues with one another, which is very, very hard to do. But there's this moment where they see like Kendall crying, not about losing the company, but about like, I am a terrible person. If Kendall's terrible, then Shiv and Roy, then Shiv and Roman are terrible, and they know that. Yeah, and that's when they kind of bond. I do think it's still somewhat selfish to a degree because they're him admitting it is admitting a lot about all of them. Um, but that scene was so much more powerful to me, thinking about like just how this show works and how it brings back things from before. You know, I've, we've kind of been waiting for this shoe to drop and it to be in like for you know Logan to release it to the public or something like that but for him to be this intimate moment like with his siblings to say like i did something wrong yeah and then to you know obviously you have the roman jokes and stuff but to be told like i mean how like it was wrong but like you're not a killer like you tried at least a little bit to help and you didn't like you didn't kill him you didn't it wasn't even really manslaughter like you sounds like the road and the water killed him yeah i mean you were you you tried you know you didn't run away like you you tried to help him and it didn't work and like yeah, could you do it? I've done more, maybe, but you didn't. You're not the monster that you think you are. Yeah, and that moment was that was the unifying moment for them. And if they try to work together next season, I think it doesn't go super well because I don't know how much trauma they have to bring up. That, but now they have two parents that they can all unite against. Yeah. You know, oh man, which Caroline's going to get dragged not next season. Realize, yeah, that Caroline and I realized that when I was working through season two uh, ahead of season three. 
that Caroline is the same woman who plays Harriet Rebecca's Walters. mother mm-hmm. in um, in Ted Lasso. Yeah, who also plays Dasha on Killing Eve. Uh, and Harry, she's so Harry Walter is very, in, very talented and is having a, a, a lot of uh, she's prolific yeah. these days. In her and own for being life. for being uh, all over TV, right? A now. powerful British woman in both shows, Ted yeah. Lasso and, and, and Succession. She plays them so very differently, you know, because t- you know, Rebecca's mom has her issues, but like she still deeply cares for Rebecca and loves Rebecca. And yeah, she has a sweetness to her that this one does not even though she yeah. wants to. And it's very interesting to see how she just kind of transforms those two characters and the hairstyles alone just really kind of throw you off. She the blends set. in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's great. Yeah, she's, she's very, very good. That, that scene, I guess the penultimate episode at the bachelorette party where she's talking to Shiv is. I shouldn't have had kids. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Should have had a dog. Real good stuff. Yeah. Um, what about the fact that they go in with their water pistols and they do turn into sausages in their hands? Were you at all shocked that Logan was able to to get out of this one again? No, and Logan never gets F, not once. No, not once. And, and that's like, it the, it's one of those situations where I'm surprised that it happened, but also like as soon as I think about it, I'm like, no, I'm not. This was inevitable. This was the Thanos of it all. Like this was always going to happen. Again, watching too much Matrix, there is yeah, no choice. A lot. It was always going to end up in the same yeah. place, Mr. Anderson. Like, yeah. this is what was going to happen. And what I'm more surprised... I guess, Matrix is again, obsession with, uh, with virtual reality. <laughs> and it's uh, virtual reality cowboys. strange. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't think that could happen, but it is. Yeah. Um, Tom is really the surprising factor, even though, again, when you think about it, he's not. He's been kicked so long that like he finally stood up for himself, which... I weirdly love him for. Yeah. Like I'm as much as I I want Logan to fail. It is this strange feeling. I want Tom to get all the things, even though he's a, they're all terrible people. They are. No one is good. So that is important to keep in mind. And Greg are the most enjoyably terrible. Yeah. I'm so sad that Greg's a menace now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now all I want is now that you put, you put in my head, uh, Charlie, that I want a Nicholas Braun starring Dennis the Menace as an adult <laughs> film. That'd be so good. Yeah. Or Nicholas De- Braun, if yeah. they would have done the Home Alone reboot correctly and like made the the robbers horrible people and not like they're trying to get by, like just made yeah. them deeply terrible, like you know, the original ones were. Uh, you know, cousin Greg and, and Tom Wamsgans as the robbers in Home Alone, going up be, against Kieran Culkin as could be uh, some of an the adult bowler. We've ever yeah. seen an um, adult fuller who's been who's been who was raised on the stories of his cousin Kevin yeah. going up against the wet and, and he's just bandits. a psychopath now. Like, yeah, and he's just been living with the still PTSD, wets the, bed. the secondhand PTSD. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. his weakness. Is he was never able to yeah. stop that. That could be the funniest thing any of us have ever seen. Yeah, um, and I would I would do anything to see. It. But I watched yeah. a it's award season, so it's screener season, and like all the voting is happening soon and yep. so i'm trying to catch up on those movies that i didn't watch and i watched zola for the first yes. time which Nicholas is, a Braun great, is film. great in zola and it's weird to watch him in that after knowing cousin greg but yeah i think the flip side is even weirder you know we have a, a, my, my friend at work is just now starting succession and he watched zola before watching so now he's watching nicholas Braun from zola or Nick, right. whatever else you know him from as cousin greg and it's like that's an even weirder place to come into the catalog. Of it's a strange Braun. way to, to crack into Nicholas. And, and journey. poor guy. I think he's kind of cousin Greg now 
for many of us. Time, yeah, there's so many of us. You know, like that's everyone has that role, and especially when it kind of hits the zeitgeist, like he is such a meme that it's you know, Jeremy's like. Kendall is so unique and Jeremy Strong does such a good job playing him, but like you can watch the big short and not get Kendall from him. Right. You're never going to not see Greg in Nicholas. It's, gonna it's be just really it's never going to happen. Never, never Unless he takes a never, part that's but it will be so difficult. out of yeah. left field, but they're typecasting him for that now because like the one in, you know, he had baggier pants in Zola, but he was still like tripping over his own words and yes. like really unsure of himself. And, you know, it's just like pining after women who don't care about him. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, typical Cousin Greg stuff. Is Cousin and, Greg uh, going to become uh, royalty by the end of I this? I hope so. Is like, he going to marry put the, the, princess, the The Christmas Prince, you know, yeah. four. Yeah. And, you know, cross over with Succession. Because he is... Can you imagine him having any kind of power over anything? Um. Well, he is soon to have power over 20 Gregs, Charlie. Yeah, the bottom of the top. Yeah. Which sounds more sexual than it should. It does. Um, and it just, it it feels to me like it's, I know that terrible people have power because all that's all the show is, is terrible people having power. But like, if you're terrible and also deeply incompetent, like, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, and in, in business power, not political power, because we've seen that for the last half decade. But like, what happens now with Greg when he has, like, how, how, what is Greg like as a boss to yes. 20 Gregs? Yes. Because he's not These like are... Tom. He'll be his own version of terrible. These are among the things that I'm the most interested in as uh, my my mind is starting to shift away from season three and start to wander a little bit towards what can season four be about and what can it look like and the the shifting, you know, the tectonic plates of these character dynamics and how that's going to move after the seismic events of the season three finale. And one of those things is not just cousin Greg in, you know, as a boss uh, of employees that hopefully will bring in some really great new characters. I, I'm really eager for something like that. But also, what are the ways in in which he will he will you know flex this power against the other members of the family? Um, you know, I I now think a, a scene that I hadn't been thinking about too much recently, but now uh, is is living rent free in my head in the light of the succession season finale, Charlie is earlier in the season when cousin Greg is summoned to sit across from Logan and he's drinking the rum and Coke at eight in the morning or whatever. And he has no idea how to negotiate. And Logan is, you have to have something that you, you are aiming for. Look at you. You're shaking like a leaf, you know? And I, I now I'm thinking about what is a cousin Greg going to look like potentially under, if not Logan's direct stewardship and mentorship, at least feeling like maybe he is one of Logan's guys and how will he let that impact himself as he interacts with other characters yeah. that we already know on the show. I think that there is, I, I hope that we spend some time on the flip flop dynamics of the show. Heard like, you yes. think about how quickly he became like a horrible misogynist in like the span of an episode and a half of like, you know uh, what's it's not Chutney. What's her name? Uh, Comfrey, Comfrey, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's Mango Comfrey. Yeah, and uh, he, like, really, you know, he admires her, and like, he likes her for more than just being, you know, attractive. It seems, and then at the end, when he's with the Contessa or whatever, he has no qualms at all with like, oh no, Comfrey, like she doesn't really whatever, yeah, but she's yeah, still she there, really like, care. He, and he kind of like he gets you know terrible with women very quickly. In a very different way. He didn't know how to talk to them. Now he's like, I don't care about them the same way. Right. 
Uh, and I think He's about like how he can be ladders. so dismissive yeah. of everyone and everything in his life. And like, you know, what a conversation when Greg has power, what that looks like to talk to Roman. Like, yeah. how does Roman react to a Greg with power when Roman tries to make a joke and Greg's like, I own you. Like, what is what does that do? That's so exciting. And it bothers me that I mean, it would Paramount still can probably... tell Taylor Sheridan to get an entire expansive Western show in nine months on television, and we're still waiting for Succession season four. It's only been two weeks, but that's too long. Yeah, like, I know. Give us Succession right now, please. It's gonna be twenty twenty three. Is my is my. It's feeling. gonna be too long. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be because now all these people are so in demand. Also. But also, they want to get the show right, and they're not gonna oh, rush yeah. it. Oh, um, oh no, I know, I know. I I think you know, I'm my sort of where I'm expecting is quarter one, twenty twenty three is kind of what I, I have maybe they shoot for the same kind of time, like maybe December of twenty two, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be at least a year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be at a least. minute. Um, I still think that when cousin Greg does try to say that to Roman, it would still come with the cadence of. Um, but actually, I I think I'm your boss now. But does that make it worse? You know? I think it makes it worse. I mean, it makes it Greg. And like, so, like and if, so if, if I'm in that position good. and Roman Romans me, yeah. I'll be like, wow, what a terrible person. But if if Greg Greg's me, and I still have to listen because he's correct. Yeah. Like that hurts so much more deeply because I'm like, like you don't understand anything, but you do own me, and there's not a thing I can do to you to like make up for how terrible you're being maybe without even knowing it. Like you're so clumsy and yet still so powerful and still so important. And I hate you for it. Yeah. Like there, there's just a sting that comes with Greg telling you what to do while stumbling through it. That yeah. could really be fun to watch and also terrible to watch. Um, I, I really do hope though. I think it was in the re in the recap episode, you mentioned uh, something about a time jump. Right. As a possibility. Yeah. I would really, the more I think about it, that's, I think that's my preferred. You would route. like a time jump. I think I would, because I don't, I don't want to watch an election season. I do yeah. not have any desire. They have to be in on that. And I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch Connor go through an election. I don't want that. I also think it'd be fun to really see the three Roy siblings, the three that, you know, count like on their, what, like, what does this look like? Like is, is, is Kendall, working with some kind of tech startup, you know, is like kind of dispersed and doing something different, trying to figure out how to get back at their dad, but not really having any power, right. you know, where does Connor end up? Like, I would love to see like Connor with a small baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just like, just get right into that. You know, this show has been so good at not wasting time. They don't, they don't care about setting something up. They will dive right into it. And so a time jump feels really appropriate to be like, we're not going to wrestle with like the fallout of this because it doesn't matter. Logan won. And so now we're going to move on to the next time that they try to make Logan vulnerable. And that might be two years into the future. So what are, what do their lives look like? Logan's still you know? alive in two years. Yeah. And he's going to have a new baby. Oh uh, everyone have the season of babies. Yeah. Let Shiv have a baby that she didn't want because, you know, when she told Tom that she hated him, he, you know, that was his, the biggest moment of his life. And, uh, you know, that produced the child and you have, you have uh, uh, Logan with his assistant and then you have Connor and his wife that doesn't care about him one bit. Right. And, you know, like, let this be the baby season. Interesting. You know, and uh... just see how they all deal with small, small, tiny children because they can't. Yeah. Um, you know, me, what does an throw involved Uncle Roman look like? Let me throw something at you that goes in the opposite direction, Charlie. Okay. Let, me, let me pitch you an idea 
with uh with with two words. It's a word in a year. You ready? Succession, eighteen eighty three. Prequel. Okay. We do a prequel, and we see uh we go back to the start of the of of the Roy family line. We go all the way back to eighteen eighty three. Traveling newspaper in eighteen eighty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we source it all the way back to see what was the road that built Logan Roy. Oh, they didn't travel. They stayed in one place and made everyone come to them. Yeah. You have the original Roman who was like a like a circus caller, uh-huh. you know, like like a traveling uh, a circus show. Like, yeah, I basically there's like some nightmare alley and some news of the world to this that you kind mm-hmm. of all put together. But with like but as long as just Kieran Culkin still. I want him to still do it. Yeah. Or well, that's you have Macaulay he, Culkin. You have Macaulay Culkin starring the prequel. to uh, to time travel. OK, uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that so it's actually sense. Roman. He yeah, shows no, that, back that, up. Like, it, the whole thing actually, like Roman goes back to start the empire before his dad, but it ends up that he unknowingly meets his dad. Yes, and uh, though that's what it is, he has like he produces a child with his own great grandmother. You kind of have this Back to the Future thing, and that's where that's what messes Roman up so much. Back with, to the Waystar. Yeah, oh with, yeah, uh, that explains his issues. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. in, in, inadvertently he gives birth to his family line, and like it's all his fault the yeah. whole time. Uh, you know, so this is kind of like dark, him, you know. There's yeah, sort well, of it has to be, yeah. but also mm-hmm. deeply hilarious. And yeah, you know, no, I meant the show, dark. It's yeah, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, interesting. I think this is good. I think we that should, we, we should, should get HBO, HBO to pay yeah. us uh, Taylor Sheridan money. Uh huh. Yeah, but like buy me a ranch. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'll just I'll work out there with the cows and uh, write some stuff for you, and it'll be Emmy winning kind of crazy things and it'll time travel and. Wagon trains and business deals. Wamsgams trains. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a one. Like, I think one of my favorite things about this whole show just is simply that his name is Wamsgams. Is Tom Wamsgams? Yeah, it's a great it's, name. It's it's like one of those that name's so bad. But then when you're like, no, it's it's the smartest it's thing that they might have done making the show is make his name so laughable. And like Tom Wamsgams. When you look at the when you look at the word Tom's like Wamsgams, that's you can see his personality in how those letters are arranged. And it's, it's so like satisfying yeah. to know that someone made that decision like purposefully. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. That, that exists the way that it does. Smart choices were made uh, in yeah. the creation. Shout of out to Mr. Darcy. Show. Yes. Um, let's, uh, let's start the wrap up process here, Charlie, by why don't you throw out one thing that you really, really don't want to see in season four you know we talk a lot about hopes and wishes and if there's the hope for the time jump what is the one thing that season four could do that you would really you know maybe it would be different if they decided to go down that route and like you would you know give it a shot and seeing it on your tv but right now at this moment in time what's one direction that this show could go in that you're just out on automatically i mean i don't know if there's anything it could do that like i wouldn't watch it i'll, I'll start with that like there Unless they're like, we're gonna kill all the characters and start new with a different family and make this a, a another like I might be out then. But if you're if you got the Roy's and all these people back, there's nothing that they're gonna do that's gonna count me out. But like I said, the last thing I want is to watch a whole political campaign season. I don't want this to be like serious Veep. That does I don't like Veep was great. I loved Veep for what it was. Yeah. But like Tom and and Greg are not substitutes for Sam Richardson. 
I, I can't like, I don't, we've lived through too much. Yeah. And I love that that episode was awesome where they, where they chose the candidate. Like it was, it was a perfect view into that world. And I think it was, did such a good job and tying to that story and having it here and there, they, you don't bring in uh Justin, um, Kirk. I can't remember. Yeah. Justin Kirk to just have one episode and be done. Like this character well, did with Adrian back. Brody. So maybe, you know, that's true. I mean, well, he was in the, he was sitting in the stands for the next one. Yeah. So they, say, uh, so they but say. like, well, see, Justin Kirk's not Adrian Brody level. Like he's in that middle sure. ground where it's like, he's not small enough to be a big cameo, but he's not big enough to do one and done. Like he's going to be back and that's fine. I just don't want to watch a, like an election. I don't want to, I don't, we don't need to bring back faux Bernie Sanders from season one. Right. And have him go toe to toe with like the, you know, the white hooded anarchist. And like, right. I, I just, I, I don't care to see it. I, we've watched too many like deeply terrible political things in the last six years to have to live through that on a show that I really love as, as terrible as they are, it's still kind of an escapist thing because yeah. it's so deeply entertaining. I just, an episode or two here is fine, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that I think I, I don't want everything else. I really trust the show to like, again, you know, give me something I don't know. I want. Yes. You know, yeah. that's, that's what succession is so good at. Yep. Um, Charlie, a blast as always. Hopefully we'll get together soon and talk more 1883, I think would be fun. Uh, we've been talking a little bit offline about another thing or two. I, I have some updates for you on that front that we'll talk about, not on the record. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's always a pleasure, Charlie, to, to cross paths here on the, on the podcast. It's always about. great to be here. You know, it's, it's, I really, I really appreciate you bringing me on here and, and talking for a little while. And, you know, it's anytime we get to chat, it's always it's always good. It's a fun time. Uh, so follow Charlie at Charlie Ridgely on Yon Internets. Uh, anything fun from comicbook.com you want to plug real quick? Anything that, that stands uh, no, to, I mean, to We mind? just did our Spider-Man cram, you know, ahead of that movie. So if you're still just in Spider-Man territory and you want to just read some fun stuff that, you know, it doesn't really, it's not just who was in the movie. We, we did a whole week of Spider-Man themed content. We all wrote some different pieces and I wrote about how uh, Ben Riley should be in the MCU. And I wrote yep. about uh, how we've had bad Spider-Man movies. Cause I believe that, but we've never had a bad Spider-Man because Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland were also perfect for their place in time. And, and uh, you know, sexy Tumblr Garfield and, you know, Gen Z yes. era Holland and, you know, post 9-11 Maguire like they were all so perfect for their era and yeah you know, I went a little deep on on why they are all so great and so I mean, awesome. and we have a lot of I, I, my other co-workers did some really cool pieces for the Spider-Man cram so you know if, if you go over to comicbook.com you can find some Spider-Man did anyone cram. do a, a spider cram jingle no but uh Jenna Anderson one, one, one of my, my good pals at the site she ranked all of the end credit songs from Spider-Man movies um Nickelback number one Nickelback was number one Yep. Um, even though it's not my top o ordinary by train is the best Spider-Man song. Uh, in you know, my they opinion, say that a hero track. could save us. Mm. Yeah. But the, the, what's the, um, I'm tangled in this web of the, the, the train line. Uh, oh gosh. It's about web that. webs in a bill. Like it was written about Spider-Man. Yeah. It's and it's hilarious and I love it. But uh, Jenna wrote a really cool thing ranking the, uh, and spider going deep on the different spider, uh, the spider songs. That's incredible. You know, with an honorable mention to Chris Pine's, uh, Spidey Bells, uh, from Into the Spider Verse because that great. was a, that was a, I think a, like a post credit scene in in Into the Spider Verse. So like, you Incredible. know we're kind of wrapping up the year and, and doing some year end stuff, but that was our big you know our big end of the year thing that that if you are into Spider Man, it'd be a lot of fun little 
little things there for you. Uh, maybe some good explainers on a character you might have seen in the movie or heard talked about that you don't know a lot about. Some good like comic deep dives into those characters and stuff. Comicbook.com like so, is the spot. Uh, definitely, lots definitely, of good Spider-Man stuff over there. Uh, definitely you know, check that out uh, and and check out Charlie online at Charlie Ridgely for for more Charlie takes. Uh, and hit him up and hit me up at Round Howard, Josh at PostShowRecaps.com if you want more 1883, uh, if you've got any feedback for this episode of the podcast as well. Uh, we would we would love to to hear from you. As far as succession stuff goes, keep uh, stay subscribed to this space. We've got some more stuff that's coming your way uh, in the in the days and weeks ahead as we are still chewing on what happened in the finale and starting to look forward towards season four. I'm sure we've got more uh, to say and more people to bring in to weigh in on all things Waystar Royco. Uh, I'm not going to say F off at the end of this one. I'm going to say happy holidays and I hope that you are all well and uh, that we hope you enjoyed the show and that we will talk to you all again very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.